What is up? What is up? What is up, everyone? Everyone, everyone, you are now tuned in to your favorite podcast on Monday nights entitled Real Talk Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are here, we are ready, and we have a lit discussion plan for you. I got my girl, Miss Tevis, up in the building with me. How you doing, sis? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to kick back. We got a great guest on the building with us tonight, which y'all will definitely get to meet here very shortly. And right now, I want y'all to sit back, relax, and let the theme song play. And as the theme song plays, I want you to like, say, tag, tell everybody, tell somebody that we'll talk Monday is on let's go what is up what is up what is up y'all it is another day what is up what is up what is up everyone 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 it is another day another time and another week for we'll talk monday Tonight, we are ready. We got a great show planned for y'all. And tonight, I'm going to put my sister on the spot tonight, Miss Tevis. And we're going to let her lead us in prayer tonight. It's been a while, so I guess I should have been prepared for this. Uh huh. You should have known I was coming for you soon. I know. I know. Okay. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for um, this platform for us to be able to, again, share our voices, our thoughts, our hearts, our love. Thank you for our guests, the Lord, and the power of prayer. Father God, we thank you for allowing us just to be here today and be present. Thank you for our families and friends. I ask that you will allow us to lead in a way that um, those that are listening will receive something good and positive or just uh, an experience from whatever we share. Understand that we are just here to just share experiences, dear Lord. I ask that you will keep our families and friends close, keep them safe, pray for those who are sick and shut in, helpless and homeless, any type of addictions and mental health, Father God. And I ask that um, you'll just uh, let us lead in your way. And in your son Jesus, the same we pray always and forever. Amen. 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 All right, all right, all right. So, Tevis, I'll let you introduce our guest tonight. Okay. So, um, tonight we have Miss Jessie on. Uh, Jessie was one of the first women that I met uh, when I moved here. I think we both moved here in the same year, actually, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, we haven't talked in a while, but definitely keep in contact through social media. Um Jessie has a story that is worth sharing. Um, she has overcome, she's overcoming, she's getting through. And there's so many different um, pieces to her story that makes her the beautiful woman that she is today. And I'm super thankful that she's here to share her story, her testimony, 
And um, yeah, this is Jesse. Jesse, please introduce yourself and, uh, and then we'll get started. Yes, well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. Um, my name is Jesse. I'm so glad to be here and hopefully my story um, will inspire someone, maybe encourage someone to keep pushing, keep moving, keep fighting. Um, and I look forward to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So um, as always, our disclaimer, we are here just to share our experiences and our stories, which is they're ours. If someone can learn and grow from it, so be it. There's studies, statistics, reasons and seasons for everything. But this is our story, our beliefs, our our journey. Um, and if someone can learn and grow from it, so be it. But we're not here to force or pressure anyone to do anything that we're saying. Um, this is just our journey and, you know, a part of our story. So um, let's get into it. Y'all ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get started, I do want to send my love and prayers to um, Ayana Morgan, um, which is the young girl that um, was killed uh, last week at Western Kentucky, back home at my um, alma mater. Uh, a young two and there, and um, just died. Died from uh, a gunshot wounds from someone. The story is still developing, but I definitely just want to give a shout out and send love to her and her family. Um, you know, that's just one of those calls that no mother wants to hear, you know, especially when you're not, I mean, at all, but definitely when you, you're sending your child away to do better, to do good and better herself. So just want to send love to her. Um, the next question um, that I'm going to ask is how do you guys define grief? What is grief to you all? And we can popcorn it. Ladies first. Um, I just said this earlier. Um, to me personally, grief has to be one of the strongest um, emotions that humans can feel on every on any level. Uh, grief to me is love love you had for a person that's no longer here and since they're not here you can't pour your love into them anymore or receive that love back um so as horrible as grief is i feel like you wouldn't have grief if you didn't have love to begin with mm, i like that i like that um you, you you said it well, you know, grief is sorrow. It's um, the deep emotions and feelings that you have for someone that is no longer present with you. Um, you know, we can say we, we can go through grief with someone that's living also, that's no longer a part of your life, right? As well as someone that has passed on um, and is not in this life with us. Um and again, you said it best, Jesse, the, the feeling and the love that you have for someone that um, that's no longer present or with you. Um, so I agree. I agree with that for sure. James. Uh, both of y'all hit it straight on the head, hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, for me, grief is uh, dealing with loss, which as Tevis said, it can be somebody that is still living 
or it could be somebody that is passed on because let's be all the way real and let's be honest you could deal with grief over a breakup because you have been in love with that person for so long and then you had to break up with that person and you had to grieve that relationship and it can even be over a friendship and uh, grief for me is the simple fact of accepting a new chapter in your life that you really didn't want to have to go through that's what grief is to me is accepting a new chapter that you didn't really want to have to go through accepting a new normal yeah that's it that's right i like it i like it okay so as we start into this first phase of um getting to know miss jesse um can you share with us some of the grief that you've experienced and be as detailed as you're comfortable being um the losses that you've had and how they were connected to you yeah so um wow <laughs> unfortunately i've had a lot of it um my mother passed away unexpectedly um when i was in college at ut go vols um she called me maybe 30 minutes um before she passed and i had missed the call and by the time i called her back um she had passed away um i was still trying to figure out who i was as a young adult Mm -hmm. and being away from home, off at college, in my own dorm room, um, it, it still affects me to this day. I think, you know, losing the woman that gave birth to you mm -hmm. um, is never easy. Mm -hmm. I, I really struggled with that. Um, and then, like, maybe three months after she passed, I found out I was pregnant so i had to learn how to be a mom without oh i said i wasn't gonna cry it's okay it's, it's okay. all right it's all right let it out so this i had to learn space. <laughs> for sure thank you i had to learn how to be a mom um with no one to guide me um you know my daughter never met her grandma um so that was extremely difficult just navigating life in general without her but then navigating my new life of being a mom um without a mom um and then in so that was 2007 mm -hmm. in 2015 um my best friend my boyfriend at the time, um, who was my daughter's father figure, uh, her dad, that's a whole different story, but you know, he pulled out her first tooth and he, he was just everything that her dad wasn't um, to me and to her. And he fell asleep at the wheel and passed away. I remember that. So explaining that, you know, it's when my, my daughter has watched me grieve, um, 
but I, she was also grieving as well. Mm -hmm. So that just compounded on there. And then later in 2015, um, I got a phone call that my dad had died. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad was one of the healthiest people I knew. He was only 57. He worked out every day. He played um, on two softball leagues. He golfed. He didn't smoke. He ate healthy. Um, and so I, I just remember being in disbelief. But then I, I just couldn't believe that God would, would allow that to happen to me again so mm -hmm. there i was you know hadn't even reached my 30s and you know lost both my parents my daughter was really close to my dad mm -hmm. um so not only was she watching me grieve still my mom but my boyfriend and now my dad um and so me and my brother would always joke around. My brother and I are 18 months apart. And we would joke, okay, well, you can't die on me. We're all we have left. We would call each other every day just to make sure the other person was still alive. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I got a phone call in 2016 that my brother was found in a pool of blood dead mm. um so i'm considered the sole survivor of my family um and once again my daughter had to watch me grieve and she was grieving herself and mm -hmm. all of that grief just kept compounding on top of each other and mm -hmm. amplifying. And I, I, I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow mm -hmm. in the morning. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to wake up because like those first few seconds when you wake up and like reality hasn't kicked in yet, mm -hmm. you know, it was fine, maybe 15 seconds. And then it hit me. It was like, it would literally knock the breath out of me because mm -hmm. it hurts so bad. That was such like a, I lost my whole family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then after my brother passed, I found out I was pregnant again. Um, so my, my daughter is named after my mom. My son is named after my brother. Mm -hmm. And my best friend um, from high school, she was helping me play in my baby shower. And she was my daughter's godmother. She asked to be my son's godmother. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a text telling me how much she loved me and how proud she was of me. And she wished we lived closer mm -hmm. to each other. 
And then right after she sent that text, she shot herself in the head. No way, Jesse. I never knew about that one. Oh yeah. my goodness. I am so sorry. Wow. So <laughs> wow. yeah. Um so you know, you never get over the loss of anyone that you love. Mm -hmm. But I just I'm finally getting to the point where I'm not angry with God anymore. But mm -hmm. There were months at a time where I just didn't believe in him anymore mm -hmm. because if I'm a child of God, why would you put your child through that much pain? Mm -hmm. And then just last year, my daughter's sister on her dad's side shot herself in the head. Um, and the year before that, her brother drowned in Knoxville. So, oh my goodness. And how old were they? 15 and 16. Oh. So it's just been, use my language. It's been a lot of fucking grief. Mm -hmm. And it's a grief is never something that goes away. Mm -hmm. It's something that you like. I think of grief as like just this big circle and it never gets smaller. Mm -hmm. I've just learned to build my life around that huge circle mm -hmm. and Some days are easier than others. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're we're not immune to grief. Right, right. That's for sure. For sure, for sure. So, um, how have you? Um, and then James, I'll let you ask a question. Um, how how do you feel like you? have dealt with or you are dealing with grief? What has helped you get through or is helping you get through the grief? Honestly, I think the biggest thing, I know the biggest thing is my kids. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't have them, I probably wouldn't even be here anymore. Mm -hmm. um, they, they give me a reason to you know, wake up every day and mm -hmm. keep moving and keep mm -hmm. pushing. And, you know, it, it took, it took a while, but mm -hmm. I feel like I finally went from just surviving to now living. Mm -hmm. um, and I owe them, even though they get on my nerves, right? I, um, <laughs> you know, I couldn't have done it without them. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. And then another aspect of grief is I finally felt like after all those losses that I just mentioned, I was finally like felt like, you know, I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like mm -hmm. life was looking up 
things were getting better. I wasn't crying every day. Um, and then I felt a lump in my breast and uh, it turned out to be stage three breast cancer mm. at the height of the pandemic. Mm. So that was a whole other aspect of grief mm -hmm. that, that I wasn't accustomed to. I felt like grief kind of, it didn't become my friend, but like, you know, it was just a part of my life. And so, and then, no, I need it. Um, so I went through, I was diagnosed in June of 2020 and I went through four months of chemo, um, four months of radiation. It had, they told me I had it for seven and a half years, um, before even realizing it. What? Mm-hmm. At the time I was breastfeeding my son when I felt the lump. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, it's a clogged milk duct, no big mm -hmm. deal. But it kept getting bigger and it turned out the cancer came from the milk duct. So it was invasive ductal carcinoma. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, and then I had a double mastectomy, lumpectomy, the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. And I think that really, that brought up all the grief mm -hmm. that I previously experienced. Like the first day of chemo, you're allowed to bring someone with you. Mm -hmm. And I was in there by myself. Mm -hmm. And so I would come home. I'm a single mom of two. I don't have any support. Mm -hmm. I don't have any family. And so every day that I was fighting to stay alive, I was grieving my parents and my brother and my hair and my boobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, it it was it was brutal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I had a bad reaction to chemo. It's called the red devil. It's mm -hmm. the strongest chemo out there. And I had a delayed reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And um it hurt to blink my eyes, like every inch of my body hurt. <laughs> But I had to get up and make dinner mm. and change diapers all by myself. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how brave I thought you were. I want to give you a minute to get yourself together. Um, Jessie shared her story as much as she possibly could on social media. Of course, you know, we hadn't talked on a regular when I seen it at first, I'm thinking, is this real? Is this real? You know, what do you say? How, you know, how can I help? You know, 
Um, you know, and I, I just remembered watching posts and reading and like boohooing and crying, right? Of course you didn't know that. I'm a major empath. And it hurt. Like I, because I knew the loss, right? I knew that you didn't have that, you know, that close family, your guy best friend that I knew of, you know, I didn't know about your girl best friend at the time, but who does she have to help? You know, who, what support system, you know, and I wasn't financially in a space where I could give, like I would have loved to have given, you know, but what, what, what was it? And I just, my heart broke, like, because I'm like, what, what, what is, what is the plan? What if something happens? What if she doesn't make it? Where are the kids going to go? Like, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'll take them if I have to. We'll figure it out, you know. And I remember reaching out to you at, at some point. I don't know what stage it was just to check on you to see how you were doing, to see how Janae was doing, because I knew your son was still very, very young, you know, and you shared with me, you know, just kind of how she was, her teenage mind, her early teenage mind was processing this, right? As a child, it have you know, experiencing grief, as she has in such in her young mind, but now my mom, my my only person in this life, you know, I know how my baby would be if it was me. You know what I'm saying? And I know everybody processes everything differently, but um, my heart bled for you. But I felt that you were so entirely strong, like you showed so much strength and rawness. I mean, I, I remember messaging you and I'm like, I know these questions are probably dumb. Tell me what's going on with the boobs. Why does it look like this? What is this doing? Why, you know, like I, cause I didn't know, right? And we're mm -hmm. dumb or naive to things until we know someone that has experienced it. You know what I'm saying? So you was always open and willing to share the pictures, the videos, the, the treatments and, I mean, hey, let me tell you something. If if they say Superwoman ain't real, we looking at her right now. We're looking at her, right? Like, I'm getting chills, girl. Because, you know, usually people have a support system, you know? And I know you probably had people to come around and, and rally around, but I don't know that, you, I don't know if you had that consistent somebody that just could be there with you the whole time, you know? every step of the way and you did it. You did it with an S on your chest, a mom of a preteen, a baby, you know, and living life like you had to, cause you didn't have a choice, right? Um, so, so James, I'm gonna let you ask questions cause I've asked questions. So yes, I wanted to give you your props, right? Because you definitely deserve them for sure. Go ahead, James. First up. Uh... Uh, go on ahead. Go ahead, James. I think she was just saying thank you. Okay. But uh, for me, I want to let her know that we appreciate her for coming on here and being as raw as she is being on here because, mm -hmm. wow, as Teva said, if you didn't believe in Superwoman, you're looking at her right there because anybody that can deal with all of that that she has dealt with gotta be superwoman she has to be so my next question to you would be how did you deal with grief and uh, 
Are there like activities or hobbies that you find comfort in? So how did you deal with it? Uh-oh, she must be froze. Uh-oh. She'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was um, you know, she would she would pretty much blog her experience. I mean, just raw and just sometimes looking at her her chest um through those phases, it like hurt me to see. Like we don't understand what people go through when they're battling cancer until you know someone and you're walking with them hand in hand through it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it, it, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a journey for sure. Hey everybody. Thank you guys for being on. Please feel free to shoot questions out. I know this is a different, uh, topic, but I think it's worth, um, hearing and learning about, um so definitely ask questions um she she knows that you guys are going to ask questions um anything that you guys want to know that we may not ask please feel free um asking for sure for sure and while we're waiting on her to come back let's go to a quick commercial break just real quick for y'all and uh we want y'all to do this for us Hello everyone, it's Alina L. Walker, and I want to take a moment and invite you to go to musicloveawards.com and vote for my family, Tevis, Dacia, and James H. Glover III for Podcast of the Year for Real Talk Monday. Listen up, voting starts May 15th, and all you have to do is go to musicloveawards.com and vote Real Talk Monday for Podcast of the Year. Thank you all so much, and you have a wonderful day. Bye! Yes, y'all, that voting is still going on. It ends tonight at midnight. Go on over there to musiclevelawards.com. Vote as many times as you can. And uh, vote for Will Talk Monday. We definitely appreciate it. James, have you experienced loss? Um, anyone close in your family? Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, different phases, but definitely... Uh, one that I can definitely say that I experienced was my grandmother, which I was real close to, passed away in 2007, mm-hmm. right before my senior year of high school. She passed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward, I announced my calling into the ministry. Mm-hmm. A month before I did my initial sermon, my uncle commit suicide. Mm. Then fast forward after that, a few months after that, my well, I did my initial sermon all of that. And then um, about a year later, mm-hmm. my grandfather passed away mm. from cancer. Mm. And not only did he pass away, but I ended up having to do his eulogy. So mm. it was like, for me, it was back to back. Mm-hmm. To that, mm-hmm. and it was like, Lord, when am I gonna get a breather? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. How did you? How do you feel like you processed and dealt with the grief, um, especially to the ones that you were closest to? How do you feel like you dealt with it? Uh, for me, I don't think I really dealt with it until about a few years ago. 
because mm-hmm. to be honest, I think what my motto was keep my head to the ground, keep working, keep grinding. Mm-hmm. And the more I work, the more I grind, the more I ain't got to think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But fine, you can only run from grief, but mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to have to sit down and like deal with it, like face it head on, like, you know what? Right. Hey, this is what's going on. How you going to deal with it? You mm-hmm. can't run from your feelings. Right. How you going to deal right. with it? So what about you, Tevis? Have you dealt with any big losses? Yeah, I have. Um, so I, my first loss was as a as an elementary student, um, a little boy named Josh McGuire. And he passed away. Um, he was climbing a tree and grabbed a wire. And it was obviously a live wire. Um, grabbed it by accident and it electrocuted him. And that was my first experience with, um, with death as a young child. And that was hard. I remember it all, like the details, uh, it was so vivid in my mind. It was almost like I was there when it happened. Right. Um, I lost my my paternal grandmother, um, who we were uberly close with. She was our babysitter. Um, she was our child care educator. Um, mm-hmm. We were with her when my parents worked weekends. Um, as we got older, you know, she let me start driving her Cadillac when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. I was Come on now. Okay. So uh, her, hers was the first uh, loss as far as a relative. I was 15 to 16 years old. Um, and that was different for me. Uh, I felt like, why am I not crying? But then, because I'm hurt and, you know, I was young. You know, my mind was, it was weird for me. I knew, I love my Mima unconditionally, but I did not understand, like, my emotions. Like, I was trying to figure out how to process it, you know, losing my my mima, you know what I'm saying? Um, I did feel like I grieved. My grief comes is is kind of weird, you know. There's stages of grief, um, but I've always been one to assure that I feel right. Allow myself to feel. Allow myself to get through. Allow myself to get over. Uh, we also lost uh, another one of our good friends in high school, Lorenzo Martin. Um, that was crazy. Um, was that our senior? senior year, end of our junior, senior year of high school, when Lorenzo was killed. Um, that was weird. Uh, Lorenzo and I did not like, could not stand each other when we first moved over there. And we became the best of friends. My bedroom window was by our deck. So there was steps. And he would come out at night and I would open my window and we would talk until midnight, right? Um, just about everything. He dated one of my close friends at the time. Um, and that that was definitely a different experience because it was my classmate. It was someone that was young too, again, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then um, I too, I had a cousin that committed suicide and um, that's been a probably about uh, 12 years ago because that was, Ava was four. And then, um, and my granny. Um, my granny, she, she was with, you know, told during 
know, 40, 40 years pretty much. And uh, she was my girl. Um, mm -hmm. That was a different experience. She had cancer and um, watching her through, uh, she said her, her computer had restarted in the middle. So she's logging back in. Okay. Um, watching my grandmother go through cancer, um, she didn't share with us what stage she was in, but watching her go through cancer um, was heartbreaking because we knew her to be an energizer bunny, the strong one. I mean, she's on her deathbed still taking care of my grandfather. You know what I'm saying? So that one hit differently also because Ava was there through the process and Ava was her girl, you know. So my processing, I dream a lot. Um, my grandmother, Granny, came to me twice, um, called my name, and I responded twice. And for me, that was just her letting me know that she was good. But I knew she was, right? And I wasn't, I was hurt, but I wasn't like devastated because I knew who God was for her. And I knew how she had raised us to believe and have faith, right? Um, so, so those have been my losses. And again, through my grief, I dream a lot. I dream, but I allow myself to feel. I also um, lost during COVID um, a guy that I dated right after college that played basketball for Western. Um, that one was very different for me because our departure was hard. And we never talked anymore. Um, and so I was able to get in touch with his family. And they shared with me that he was always concerned on what I thought, how I felt, um, and didn't want me to dislike him. But he was experiencing alcoholism um, and... I knew the guy that I knew before the alcoholism wasn't the guy that he became mm. towards the end. But the fact that we never got to say, I never got to say, I forgive you or him never saying, I'm sorry. If that's something that he felt, it weighed on me for a long time. Um, and that one, that one was a little bit harder for me to process um, because we, there was there was negative energy when we departed, um, and and I think that one um, that one hit differently. That one hit differently. Okay, okay, I am so sorry. Like overcoming and unexpected things happening to push through. So I'm sorry. I'm back. It's okay. It's Welcome okay. back. Welcome back. Um, so I think James had asked you how either other activities or hobbies or anything that you do to deal with grief. Is there anything in particular, things that you may do to help um, you deal with grief? Um, to be honest, I I think I'd. I've just become so accustomed to just trying to push it to the back of my head. Um, I have been to therapy. Um, my therapist actually told me she doesn't know how she can help. <laughs> um, because, you know, and, and I know there's people that have experienced way worse than what I have, but I think 
being the age that I was, she was just kind of flabbergasted with mm -hmm. all the aspects of grief that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, spending time with my kids um, helps me get through it. Doing, watching Michigan football makes me feel closer to my brother and my dad. Mm -hmm. um, just little things that I feel that they would want me to be doing, whether mm -hmm. that's my mom was um, a real creative person um, mm -hmm. doing lots of arts and crafts. So I try to do things that uh, would honor them or if they were still here, you know, things that we might do together. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, one day, you know, one day looks completely different than the next as far mm -hmm. as it's like, okay, I wake up in the morning, give myself like, you know, a mental check. And some days take a lot more effort um, on my behalf, especially in Tevis, I'm sure you know, sometimes you just got to plaster on that fake mommy mm -hmm. smile to get through the day. Mm -hmm. And some days are, are easier than others, but, mm -hmm. you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, the anniversaries of them dying, those always make it a lot harder, but mm -hmm. they always, um, they always find their way to let me know that they're still mm -hmm. here with me. Mm -hmm. So I just take comfort in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, do you feel that it gets better or that it gets easier? I don't know if it gets easier or I just get stronger. Mm -hmm. I don't feel going back to that grief circle, that circle never gets smaller. Just the life that I build around it mm -hmm. gets bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, the big void of all of their passings that never goes away. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not waking up. I'd say nine times out of 10, I don't wake up just in tears and mm -hmm. heartbroken. Right. Um, so I think I've just become accustomed to, again, the new normal. Like, mm -hmm. this is a new normal. This is how it's going to be. And I just try to make the best mm -hmm. out of every day. But right. it's a struggle. It's not mm -hmm. easy. Right. Um, right. Yeah. James, go for it. All right, uh, next question that we have for you is um, how, let's uh, get on to uh, talking about the cancer diagnosis mm -hmm. that you received. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you find out about your diagnosis? Yeah, so um, I was really proud of the fact I breastfed both of my kids for two years each because one of the benefits was reducing the risk of breast cancer, ironically. Mm -hmm. um, so I was breastfeeding my son. I had felt like really exhausted all the time and just um, abnormally tired. But I thought it was, you know, I was a single mom of two, didn't have any help. And so I just attributed it to, okay, this is what it's like. Mm -hmm. um, 
that I felt the lump and I ignored it for a couple months. Um, just thought it was a milk duck. And then I had my daughter feel it. And she's like, mom, you really need to go get that checked out. So, and I'll never forget, I went um, to get it biopsied and the doctor told me, he said, you know, 10 years ago, women your age, we wouldn't even biopsy this. I'm 99.99% sure it's nothing. Mm. But we're going to biopsy it just for a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And so I walked out of there not thinking anything else about it. Mm-hmm. 99.99%. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then maybe three days later, it was a Saturday morning and I was in the shower and I knew I hadn't heard back from the doctor yet, but I thought no news was good news. Mm-hmm. And I saw it was my doctor's office calling. So and I just expected her to say everything's fine. So there mm-hmm. I am like still soaking wet, butt naked, like on the phone. Mm-hmm. And she just said, Jesse, I'm so sorry you have breast cancer. And I mean, she just said it pretty bluntly like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, again, I went through that denial stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you sure? Like the doctor said 99.99%. Mm-hmm. Surely I'm not that 0.1%. She's like, yeah, um, you know, we got to get you in for testing. And so I went in that Monday and went through probably three works, three weeks worth of testing. Mm-hmm. And that I just knew that I was told I had cancer. I didn't know the severity of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it had spread to my lymph nodes. I didn't know I've had it for seven and a half years. And so my first concern was, well, I just grew a whole baby in my body while mm-hmm. I had cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, is my son okay? Like, mm-hmm. it? but it's, you know, the, the power of a woman's body, like my cancer was attacking my body in my lymph nodes. Meanwhile, I grew this beautiful, healthy, happy baby. Mm-hmm. And those first three weeks of kind of not knowing um, how severe it was, what stage it was, what my treatment would look like, I thought, okay, maybe if it's cancer, maybe they caught it really early and mm-hmm. I just can go get it removed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about, okay, I'm going to lose all my hair. Okay. I'm going to have to go through all these treatments, double mastectomy, lumpectomy, mm-hmm. all that. So that not knowing for those three weeks, that, that was really hard. Um, but then finding out it, it was more serious than what I was hoping for. That was equally as hard because I didn't know. And I remember someone asked my daughter, they said, you know, are you scared of your mom dying? In her response, and I'll never forget it. She said, have you not seen how strong my mom is? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I am, I beat it. 
So. You did. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. When so your reaction was in denial. Um, once you got off the phone with her, being that you were still in the shower, blah blah blah. When you got off the phone with her, what did you do in that moment? What what was what was that those moments like after that phone hung up? Well, one of my thank God someone was here. So um a good girlfriend I I previously worked with, she was mm -hmm. painting my son's room. So and she was me and her were really close. She was very familiar with all the losses that I've had. Mm -hmm. And so I just run in there still soaking wet and naked. And I was like, I have cancer. She's like, that's not funny. I was like, no, I just got that phone call. And so, you know, I'm, I still didn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't registering with me. Mm -hmm. So I was in denial. And then the more I thought about it and the more I, I allowed or I accepted it, I broke down. Mm -hmm. um, my first, hush, my first thing, my first concern was, well, if something happens to me, there's nobody to raise my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was shock, denial, mm -hmm. and then just angry. At this point, me and God had gotten back close. Mm -hmm. And at mm -hmm. this point, I was just like, you cannot be serious right now. Mm -hmm. Like, there is mm -hmm. no way, there's no way that this mm -hmm. could be happening. But it was, and it did. Mm, mm. So, so now, um, do you have to still take pills, certain amount of pills every day? And what, what, what is the treatment now? What, how, how, how does that work? Yeah. So for the next 10 years or until I'm old enough to be in the menopause age, mm -hmm. I have to take chemo pills every day for the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And the chemo pills, they're not as brutal as the intravenous um, mm -hmm. chemo, but you know, I just turned 38 and I'm in medical menopause. Mm -hmm. um, and so back to the grief, like I'm grieving that, you know, I'm only in my thirties mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and my body thinks it's in its sixties. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So once again, it's adjusting to the new normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how did you tell your children? Or Janae, um, older. I well, she knew. She kept bugging me to go to the doctor and get it checked out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember coming home after the biopsy, and she's like, "What the doctor say?" I was like, "Oh, the doctor said he's ninety nine point nine nine percent sure it's nothing." Mm -hmm. So she just kind of like let it go, and mm -hmm. so I just sat her down. I said 
the biopsy came back and, um, you know, I have cancer and she started crying. Um, but almost as soon as she started crying, she's like, mama, as long as this doesn't kill you, I'm not worried at all because mm. I've seen how strong you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, through the treatments and the process, how did she deal? How did she handle you going through those phases? Did she stay close? Did she distance herself? Was she helpful? How how was she? You um, yeah. So she distanced herself from me. Um, and I don't know if it was the cancer specifically or if it was just all the events that led up to it. But I felt like she was really resentful towards me um, mm -hmm. because I had to rely on her a little bit more mm -hmm. to help with Kai. Mm -hmm. Um, cause at the time he was only two mm -hmm. and yeah, I think she felt really resentful mm -hmm. that I had to call on her strength mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. for us to get through. Yeah. Um, she was also embarrassed a little bit um, when she cheered. Like, even after chemo, I I tried not to miss any one of her games. Mm -hmm. So I, I showed up at her game bald and pale and sick looking. Mm -hmm. And I think she was embarrassed by that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would have rather showed up looking a hot mess than not be than there at all. Not be at all. And she, she, if she doesn't appreciate that now, she will. The older she gets, you know, you, you were there. You were yeah. there no matter what. And I think I remember telling you that this is her way of processing. She was processing being. Big sister, truly big sister. Um, is my mom going to live or not? Mm -hmm. um, what's going to happen to me and my brother? Mm -hmm. Are they going to separate us? You know, she's. we have to sometimes think about their little minds are processing things that we are too. Their concerns and worries are just as bigger, if not bigger, right? Because they're the ones that's going to have to go through this process without their mom, if that was the case. You know what I'm saying? So she was processing and can I see her possibly being embarrassed or any child? A temporary embarrassment, probably so, but I don't know that it was so much embarrassed about you or are these people going to talk about my mom and how am I going to respond? Because my child and they did did they how did she deal with that how did she deal with that um she's got a little bit of my attitude and anger problems <laughs> um, <laughs> she she wanted to fight some of those kids mm -hmm. calling calling me a bald-headed mm -hmm. like just really nasty. Mm -hmm. Kids are so mean. Yeah. Um, she even had some kids say to her this past school year, well, at least my mama didn't have cancer. I'm like, but I beat it. Like, 
what are you talking why, about? Why, why would you even, why would you even say that? That's why I said, I don't know if Ava would want to beat butt or if she would clam up and just boohoo. It could be both. She'd probably do both. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, kids are so mean. Yeah, oh they really gosh. are. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so your support system during that time, what did that look like? Me and my two kids. Really? So the people that you, I would say, call friends now, I mean, since you've been here, I mean, they weren't, they weren't showing up. They were they calling Uh, at least or texting. I think what really hurt me the most is people that I expected to be there for me. Mm Mm-hmm um weren't at all i had people that were strangers but we were friends on facebook that offered more support and help than people i've been calling my friends or family for years um so yeah it was really i really had to thug the whole thing out by myself it was, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, 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 no. I, I hate that. I hate that. I mean, I, I mean, I remember like calling my mom at one point and just was like, I wish I could help her. I wish that I had money to, to give. Cause I remember, you know, at one point you were asking for support, you know, if you have extra groceries or da da da. And I was just, I was going through a phase and I, was barely helping myself, you know what I'm saying? And I I didn't, but I did. I know that we tried to catch up once. I don't think we ever got to catch up. Um, I don't know what happened. Again, tomato, tomato. But um, all I knew that is that if something happened, what would happen to the kids? I kept saying, if I have to take her kids, I'll take them. I know they don't know me like that. Janae knows us enough, but I would take them. You know that. And how would I say this to her? Because you don't want to even have this conversation because you're going to you're going to beat this. Right. So I didn't even let it like I didn't even let the thought develop in my head. Right. That Mm -hmm. you weren't going to beat this. Right. Um, So it's just like, how do you even have that conversation? But I I just by pictures and videos and things that I saw, I assumed that you had enough enough people that would rally together for you. And as a woman, as a Christian, as a mom, as a single mom, I I want to say sorry, right? For not just at least physically being there for you guys in that moment, because I do know how it feels, not in that capacity, but just even in this season of my life, the last six months of my life, definitely nothing compared to your what you went through you know, learning who your support system is when you're going through hard times, that's when the truth comes out. That is when the real comes out. You know what I'm saying? And how you choose to move with these people after it's all said and done, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? And nobody can feel any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? So um, again, I, you are a superwoman to me. And (laughs) Right. You did something that so many people couldn't do, 
alone and you did it. Um, but that's just a testament of when we don't have no other choice, we stand in all the gaps. That's just mm -hmm. what we do. That's what we do as women. That's what we do. That's what we do. So anyway, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, the next one that I will ask is um, let's uh, move on to being a single mom. Mm -hmm. Let's go to that. So how long have you been a single mom? Um, so my daughter's father left when she was one. She's 15. Um, and then I was with my son's dad for about three years. So I've been a single mom um, this go around for about four years now, three, four years. But before then, it was, you know, about 13, 14 years. Kevin, so let's go next. Okay, um, I'm gonna pull back just a second. Do you have? Did you create a bucket list? Do you have a bucket list? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry about that. I forgot about That's that question. Okay. That's okay. Um, I do. I I love to travel. I want to travel to as many places as possible. Um, I want to provide the best possible life for my children. Um, I don't want to just live. I want to thrive. Um, yeah, I, I would say those, those would probably be the main categories in that bucket list. Right, right. Um, when you hear the word cancer now, what, what do you, is there something that pops up whenever you see it, hear it, read it? Does some does is there a thought that you know my cousin every time he says it because he lost his wife um, from cancer during the pandemic and he he his is like f cancer like every time he sees it it's like f cancer you know what I'm saying so is there something that pops up every time you see or hear the word it makes me cringe and it gives me like PTSD yeah mm -hmm. um. Even with my follow-up appointments, it's at the oncology center where I walk right past the treatment rooms that mm -hmm. I used to be in mm -hmm. and seeing people in those same chairs I sat in hooked up to the same chemo ports. I saw mm -hmm. the chemo port scar mm -hmm. being pumped full of those same chemicals. Mm -hmm. it, it's traumatizing. Right. And I hope it's not always like that, but mm -hmm. yeah, it it definitely gives me PTSD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, if I can share a story real quick, mm -hmm. kind of going yeah. back to um, the superhero. So, um, okay, so after my mom, dad um, died, me and my brother, oh, me and my brother would um, often go to um, go see mediums and hang on one second. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm out. 
My dog is crazy. Um, so me and my brother would go talk to mediums and not everyone believes in that and that's fine. But I always felt that it was, you know, I wanted some way to connect with my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And so after my brother died, um, I just missed him so much. I just wanted to know because his death wasn't, it wasn't an easy way to go. Um, so I really struggled. I wanted to make sure that he was at peace and he wasn't in pain. Mm -hmm. So my half sister had graduated. She was getting her master's degree in Michigan. And so I flew up there and it was the first time I'd been back home without having to go to a funeral. Mm -hmm. And this was a few months after my brother died. So the wound was still fresh. It was mm -hmm. raw. You know, it was bittersweet. My sister still had a ticket for him to go to her graduation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that night, it was the first time I dreamt about my brother. Mm -hmm. And that night, he kept showing me black and yellow, Batman. Everything was black and yellow. Everything was Batman. And it made no sense to me, but it was like, so the dream was so vivid mm -hmm. that I felt like I just got to see my brother again. So I woke up and I asked my sister, I was like, does Batman mean anything to you? Like Chris kept coming to me and saying Batman. She's like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So we go to pick up my nephew's girlfriend because she was going to take Chris's ticket. She walks out the store and Janae goes, mom, mom, look at her shirt. And I looked at her shirt and it was a Batman shirt. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's weird. So then we go to the graduation. My sister graduated from Oakland University in Michigan. The colors were black and yellow. Mm -hmm. So kept, kept seeing it everywhere. And so that day we had a medium come to the house and she validated, you know, she, she validated my parents being there. It She couldn't have known anything mm -hmm. other than they were there. And so before she left, I was like, I have to ask you, I was like, why does Chris keep showing me Batman? What does, what does that mean? And she grabbed my hand and started crying. She said, do you know who Batman is? And I was like, yeah, a, a superhero. She goes, no, it took Batman losing his entire family in order for him to gain his superpowers. She said, you are Batman. Your brother is telling you that you are now a superhero and you got this. In real life. Wow. And then the Nashville skyline has what? The Batman, the AT&T Batman thing. And you you fought this cancer. You fought that stage three, both breasts. Like you you did you did that. Single mom to two children. Wow. You killed it. You killed yeah. it. Thank you. Wow. So there's not a day that goes by. I actually have a huge Batman tattoo on my leg, but mm -hmm. there's not a day that goes by that I don't see something Batman to just give yeah. me that reminder that. Mm -hmm. Okay, you may have lost everyone, mm -hmm. but that's how you get your strength. Mm -hmm. And so I hold on to that. 
That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing yes. that. Wow. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask um, about your children's fathers. Do either of them live close? Do they either of them live here? Um, so my daughter's father is in prison. Um, I thought he got out. Didn't he get out for a stand? Yeah, for a hot second, but okay. he's back in for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. um, and then my son's dad lives eight hours away. Mm, okay. And active in any kind of way? Active as in, well, my daughter's dad, no. Mm -hmm. um, my son's dad, maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How how did you handle being a single mom the second time around versus the first time around? Could you did you see some signs that might have told you that's what it was going to happen? How did that? Yeah, so I definitely ignored a lot of red flags, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it was more of a trauma bond. Um, he had recently lost some people. I had lost everyone that I lost. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it was more of a trauma bond than anything else. Um, but yeah, there was definitely, I saw red flags and thought it was a carnival. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. But the second time around, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's, well, it might have been easier in the aspect of I had been a single mom for so long that I already knew, you know, kind of what that entails. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just taking care of one kid by yourself is one thing, but then mm -hmm. having a whole other mouth mm -hmm. to feed. Right. Is another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. James, did you want to ask one of those questions? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to go with what is the biggest lesson that you have learned from being a single mom? What are some lessons that you've learned that you wish everybody could understand? Um. Well, first and foremost, don't let, don't think a trauma bond is necessarily love. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going through a difficult situation like I was, um, you need to draw that strength from yourself and not somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's um, good. And don't, don't make permanent decisions off temporary feelings. Mm -hmm. That's real. Like I look back on him. I wouldn't change my son for anything in the world. Right. But I look back and I just want to slap myself. <laughs> like, right. what right. Was I like what was you thinking? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think even without having kids, even if you don't have kids, I think all of us have experiences where you look back and you're like, what was I thinking at that mm -hmm. moment? Like, mm -hmm. 
if I could go back and talk to my younger self, there's plenty of things that I would tell myself, run away from, don't you right. dare even think about dealing with that. Right, right. While you still can. It's just mm-hmm. right. Out of out of these life experiences, um, you know, it used to make me cringe because this guy used to say, life is lifing. And I'm like, quit saying that. Yeah, life right. does life. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but while life is lifing, what are three things, three things that you are entirely grateful for? My kids, my health. Um, and the fact that I'm able to work from home, which gives me, you know, the flexibility to balance that work in, in life together. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. Okay. Um, if you... We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up. Um, if you met someone that lived your pretty exact experience as close as possible, um, what advice would you give? Learn who your village is. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, draw on your own strength. Don't. Don't try to get it from anyone else, but mm-hmm. you and your higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, and just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you have breath in your body, you you're still here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for being um, a woman that um, that displays strength, that displays, you know, I, I was mad at God. I'm trying to understand, you know, that's real. You know, that is real. Some of us get to that point, but never acknowledge it and admit it. Uh, um, I'm thankful that you you know, you find your way back to him. Um, I'm thankful that you survived. I'm thankful that you are able to raise your children. I'm thankful for that, right? Um, I I don't want to imagine. I can't imagine, you know, and um, just being here today to share your story um, with us, giving hopefully some woman, man, whomever strength out there that may have been through grief and or cancer and or being a single parent that is questioning or doubting and not believing. Thank you for showing them that the sun does come out. You know, um, darkness is not a bad thing. Sometimes darkness is our time where we're gaining our strength to be able to come out in the light with our S on our chest, right? So um Thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. And I'm of I'm thankful course. that you're still here to be able to share for sure. Right. Yeah. And uh, as we're wrapping up, I want to personally, as I always do, I want to thank Tevis for mm-hmm. banking, thought-provoking conversations 
such as this to Will Talk Monday because, in all honesty, these are the conversations that a lot of times the church is scared to have. Mm-hmm. And this is what Will Talk Monday is all about. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say God knew what he was doing when he gave me Tevis and Daisy as co-hosts <laughs> because them two, not only do they keep me in line and make sure that things are done decent and in order, but they're not scared and they're not running from any of these hard-hitting conversations. Mm-hmm. Same as me. So this ain't gonna. There's gonna be a lot of conversations. That's not gonna be your uh, fun, typical conversations. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get down. We're gonna get gritty, and we're gonna have the real conversations. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, you having them on your job, you having them at the, having them everywhere else as you go. It's time for us as individuals to step up, step out, and be the individuals that God has called us to be and have these thought-provoking conversations. So I thank God for our guest for coming on and being the superwoman as he is. (laughs) It's like being raw, being real, and like just letting it all hang out. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it for doing that. For sure. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, The prayer, I want to ask for prayer. My grandfather is has been in the hospital since 4th of July. So um, James, send up prayers for him whenever you get a chance. Um, We're going to do that before we end this show. Okay. For sure. For sure. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, just keep him and, and, and my family in, in your prayers. My mom, I am learning, is not good with grief at all. Um she's she's strong she's the strong sibling everybody sees her as as strength but these are the times where she i see her vulnerability which sometimes can be hard um and i want her to take care of herself during during times of this granddaddy's still pushing he's not gone he's still pushing but uh i just want her to mm, deal with grief and what is healthy for her and allow her support system to love on her and care for her too during this time. Cause she's so busy caring for everybody else that she does forget about herself, you know? And uh, <laughs> that's my mom and I want my mom here, you know, and I keep saying, how are you going to take care of granddaddy if you ain't taking care of yourself? You know what I'm saying? So, um, Hey, um, that's my girl. I know we don't always see eye to eye, but, I hope she knows that I have her back, but pray for her and her siblings and my grandfather that they will stand united during during this time. And um, as I know they will, but just allow them to take care of themselves as well, for sure. Definitely. And we're definitely praying for them. And uh, I can relate to your mom because I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm that one that I'm going to push my emotions to the side. I'll deal with it later. Let me make sure everybody else is good. I actually mm-hmm. told somebody at one time, they're like, you not crying? I'm like, I'm the oldest of the bunch. I got to hold it down for them. Mm-hmm. I got to be that shoulder for them to cry on later on. I'll do with my emotions later thing. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's not healthy, but. <laughs> Everybody has their own way of processing, yeah. right? As long yeah. as you allow yourself to process, that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Uh, well, if our hearts and minds are clear, we're gonna close out with prayer, like we said we was going to do tonight. 
Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. We thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you have done and all that you are continuing to do in our lives. We thank you for just allowing us another opportunity to come on this live and to just have a wall, a real conversation. We thank you, Lord, for our guests on tonight, Lord. We thank you for her life. We thank you for her being that light that is shining that is not afraid to tell her testimony. We thank you for the lives that she has touched and the millions of lives that she is about to touch from her just being her authentic self. Right now, Lord, we stand in the gap for our sister, Tevis, and her family. Lord, give them the strength that they need right now, Heavenly Father. We'd ask you to bless her grandfather, Lord. You know the pillar in the community that he is. We'd ask you to continue to give him that strength Continue to give them that might to keep on fighting for a little bit longer. Continue to allow her family to stay close and to deal with things in the way that you would have them to deal with it. And we'll be so careful to give you a name to praise, honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We will see y'all next week. Love y'all. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse.